Hello everyone, this is Josh from the Wrestling with the Bullies podcast. I'm here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain that it's free. There's creation tools that help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. They go through Apple Podcasting and pretty much anywhere that sets up uh, podcasting for you. Also, you can make your money from your podcast too. Like, and it doesn't take that much at all for you to be able to do it too. So, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys are interested, just go to the app in the app, both the iOS and the Android store, or you could go to their website at Andrew, uh, anchor.fm. Thank you and have a good day. All right. Hello, everybody. It's the Wrestling with the Willies podcast. It's me and Jeremy again. And uh, we're going to be talking about both Forbidden Door and uh, Money in the Bank in this episode, mostly because we were going to film it. But then I got sick, and then I couldn't even fucking talk for at least four or five days. It sounded like it was just sounded really bad for four or five days. So I figured we might as well just do both of them in the same episode and just get them out of the way. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about Forbidden Door first. And they had three... Um, for uh kickoff matches which we didn't watch we were just like we get the pay-per-view right on time this time so we missed much uh, most of the most of the beginning matches so it was like uh the factory going against Hiroko Hiroki or Huruki man damn I can't even say it I thought it was Hiroki Goto and then Yoshi and Yoshi Hashi Man, that I'm gonna be doing this for Forbidden Door the whole time. I'm having a feeling <laughs> like I'm just gonna butcher people's names. <laughs> well, that's what I said beforehand. Was it was Haruki Goto, or you know, actually the 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 first name is last. And yeah, most times they go by the last name and then the uh, the first name last. It goes backwards. I liked how like during Forbidden Door that they did both. Like the AEW announced them like the regular names, and then and New Japan came afterwards and announced the names too. I thought that was cool, little nice effect. But yeah, like it was that match, and then it was Lance Archer versus Nick Camaroto. I think is he supposed? I thought he was like one of the guys from um, the Factory too. W, but I'm not sure what. Yeah, he- I thought he was one of the factory guys. The big, uh, I think it's like a big bearded, like long haired dude. I thought if that's who it was, I thought that's who it was, but I could be wrong. But then, uh, and then of course, Lance Archer won, where it seems like they have him. I don't know. It seems kind of like they have him in the mid card to like high, uh, Factory. Huh? He is part of the factory. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I'm pretty sure it's the big guy that I, I've seen, like, like the muscle out of the group. I'm pretty sure it is. But um, it seems like Lance Archer definitely is supposed to, like, 
a guy that they could put in the main event. They just haven't. Like, because they've had him in a couple of title matches, but they haven't really done a whole lot with him since he joined. I know that that's like on another segue. Oh. I'm just say- saying because into a match. I remember that I think when he first came back from injury and all of a sudden he was going for the title I think it was one week and I'm like what the hell and it seems like they've done like the big show move with him or something or at least it seemed like that where it was like he would be a heel and then he would be a face and stuff I mean it looks like I haven't even seen Jake Roberts with him lately either so I'm wondering about Jake I think Jake the Snake too. Yeah, I don't think he's doing very well health wise. Yeah. yeah, but uh, um, okay. So, oh, maybe it was just two matches then because well, I thought uh, swerving, uh, huh? swerving your glory and Suzuki done. Yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, uh, I did. Oh, that's why I was thinking about El Fantasmo or El Fantasma or whatever. That's what I was thinking. Four of them. Gosh, I mean, there was there was not just three of them because the Max Caster and Gun Club, uh, they went against uh, Yuya Yamura and New Japan LA Dojo, which Alex Coughlin, DKC, and Kevin Knight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know some some of these people. I don't know. They might be newer people that like uh, they started putting in since the last time I watched it. The last time I watched New Japan was like Wrestle Kingdom from like two or three years ago. Yeah, the one surprising to me is the Swerving Your Glory being on the pre-show. And then this last week, they won the freaking title belts. Oh, yeah. That's why I was surprised. So, like, a lot of people are kind of already shitting on them winning the tag belts already. Well, I mean, it's just odd to me that they're on the pre-show of the pay-per-view not even a month ago and and they've won the title belts from the young bucks who just won them back like yeah that's why i was wondering if they were just transitional champions or something like they just did i thought they were gonna build to an ftr versus young bucks match and then they and they lost them i was like oh because i would have thought that that that's where i was thinking realistically about it was that they were gonna do ftr versus young bucks three for the titles and then FTR was going to take him off him. And then they would be like the title collectors or whatever, because that's the only one that they don't have. Well, technically. I don't know if, uh, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view um, changed anything, because now FTR is fa- facing the Briscoes, I think. Yeah, they're facing the Briscoes uh, for, again. And then they just announced who was the other match. Um it was. Well, I know. Jonathan, I can't remember the other match offhand right now, but I know that they announced another one. No, Jonathan Gresham was fighting. I think. Um, with his, yeah. um, I don't know if he's going against Moriarty or not. Yeah, I think they're building to that because it looked like he was fighting on Rampage today or something because he turned on him or whatever, but. Um, so anyway, it opened with Minoru Suzuki and the Sex Gods. I didn't, they didn't even announce them as the Sex Gods anyway, but I thought that they named their tag team that before, before they broke up Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, right? <clears throat> oh, John no. Gresham's facing uh Claudio. 
Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I, I knew that they announced something. I, ju- I was just like, ooh, that looks like it's going to be good, and I forgot it. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so, of course, Mizu- Minoru Suzuki and Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara beat Eddie Kingston, Shoto Yumino, and Wheeler Yuta. Well, on, uh, when this match was actually pretty good, like I was actually surprised, especially Umino. I was actually surprised with a lot of his moves in this match too. I, I figured that they were going to have Chris Jericho and crew like win though. It's the way that they were building the match, especially knowing that this was right before Blood and Guts. And didn't they say that it was like they were able to tell? Um, yeah, they were able to get the advantage in the Blood and Guts match. So I had a feeling it was going to go to the heels anyway, and it did. <laughs> yeah. But that being but, said, it was actually a pretty good opening match. Yeah, this pay-per-view was another example of uh, the one thing I do like about AEW is their matches are not short. And they're actually top-notch most of the time, too. Well, yeah, I mean, their shortest match was 10 minutes. And on the entire card, and that was the the women's title match. So every and that other... was the one that I was surprised about. <laughs> the most was known how short it was. You went to go get a drink or something, and it was over by the time. Yeah, like yeah. I went to go get food, or I went to go get something snack worthy at the uh, gas station because I knew that it was going to be like. I knew that Thunder Rosa wasn't going to win or uh, that wasn't going to lose. I should say like I knew she was going to still hold the belt. So I knew that Tony storm wasn't going to beat her. So I wasn't surprised if like, like what the match was going to be. And I didn't think it was going to take me that long. And it only took me like about 10 or 15 minutes from when I left the house. And then like, right as soon as I'm on my way back, you're messaging me there. Oh, Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay. I'm like, damn, that was fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, the first the first match was actually a good and great opening match, but the second one, to, by far to me, was probably my match of the night. I mean, it's saying something too because there was some pretty good matches on there was FTR versus United Empire and Rapongi Vice. I really like that match. Even though that I thought at first that, like, uh, Dax actually legit hurt his shoulder. <laughs> well, yeah, because they took it. I mean, the, the medical was looking at him right away, and they took him off, like, almost instantly. And that's the main thing that's different from... This in WWE pay-per-views is that it looked legit like him hurting himself because they didn't show him on the floor, right? Or they showed him leaving and then saw you saw the refs and stuff going over there to check on him and stuff. But they weren't showing like, oh, it looked like he hurt himself. Nothing like that. They just kind of weren't mentioning it, uh, mentioning it. So you're just sitting there thinking, oh, shit, did he actually, like, legit hurt himself? So, Cash was doing most of the... It seemed like he was doing a bulk of the match by himself until Dax came back out again. But 
Like, this match was great. I loved the United Empire with Great O'Con and Jeff Cobb. They were just, like, beasts the whole time, beating the crap out of, like, <laughs> especially Rapagi Vice. But, I mean, I like uh, Trent, though. Like, I really like Trent. Rocky Romero, I like, too. But, like, like they had some cool spots throughout the whole match. And I liked the uh, – I was legit surprised. Like, I thought that they were going to have FTR win. But, like, I was kind of surprised the way that they did it, too. So, like, the way that uh, the finish happened and everything. But, I mean, still, like, by far to me, probably my favorite match out of the whole card. It was it was my second favorite match. See, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's mostly because they do have, like, a lot of good matches on this card. Like, especially, like... Uh, I can't, especially if they're doing stuff with FTR later, like, uh, because I think the next uh, pay-per-view is all out for AEW. So, if anything, probably FTR is going to be doing something there, too, I would assume. Like, if they knew what they were doing. But, like, I like how they're doing the Ring of Honor stuff and this and everything mixed in. So... I'm very intrigued with what they're going to do, like, later on. But, uh, and then there was the the main one that I was surprised about out of this, out of the next match was the All-Atlantic Championship match between Pac, Clark Connors, Miro, and Malachi Black was Clark Connors. I actually liked him, like, a lot in the match, even though that I didn't even know who he was. And I think they said who was supposed to take over, like was supposed to be in the match before they got injured or something. I think somebody else is supposed to be in it in his place, right? Oh yeah, Tomohiro Ishii, right? It was uh, it was one of the uh, the main New Japan guys. I can't Ishii, I think. Yeah, I think it was Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, and yeah. that dude, and that dude is a beast. <laughs> I love that dude. Like he has headbutts and everything. I love that shit. Yeah, they had a bunch of injuries that kind of jacked up this card. Well, I mean, that's the only bad thing is some people were like being like, "What are we gonna do without Kenny and all these other dudes?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, WWE a few years ago had the same issue. They had like they had like ten or fifteen dudes like all out at the same time. It was like." I think it was like Cesaro, and I think Daniel Bryan was uh, injured at the time too. It was like ten or fifteen people, like women's and men, that were all like injured at the time, and they just figure something out like at the time. Well, they like, did, I don't like these people oh, being but, injured too, but they just figure something out in the meantime. They, they figured something out, but I mean, you you can imagine how different the card would have been with Daniel Bryan on it and CM Punk on it. And some of oh, the yeah. other guys that, from New Japan that got hurt, it would have been completely different. Oh, yeah. I definitely agree. So, uh, what's it called? I definitely thought that it was going to go to Miro for for the championship, oh, so though. I, we I were... think everybody was pretty high thinking that that's who was going to take it. But then I was like, oh, well, I mean, Pac hasn't really won a title. I think he won, like, the tag titles. 
Actually, I don't know. They might have had him win the tag titles, but I doubt it. I don't think he's won a title since he was in AEW. No, we were talking so, about that if Miro didn't win it, it should have been Pac. Yeah. And oh. like I liked how everything ended too. Like um Malachi Black spitting the shit into Miro's eyes and all that stuff. I really I mean, I love Miro though. <laughs> I've, oh, I've always loved Miro. And like I think his work in AEW is just so much better too. Well, this Redeemer gimmick that he's doing is just freaking nuts. I mean, yeah, this his supposed pro- to be one, uh, promos are off the charts right now. Yep, and I still like Malachi Black and all these other dudes. And it looks like the All Atlantic Championship mat, uh, stuff is actually like a legit, like what they should have done with the Impact title belt with AJ Styles. This was like before he left to go to. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he went to WWE or no, like before he went to New Japan, like after he left Impact, because they did this thing where they were building up for AJ. They were doing kayfabe reasons why AJ was like leaving. And they were essentially saying that it was Dixie Carter uh, the whole time. So eventually at one point they were kind of doing the Vince McMahon thing, but with Dixie Carter, where they were trying to keep him from getting the belt, eventually won the belt. And then he said that he was leaving with it. So a lot of people were thinking that he should have just taken it and fought for it at a bunch of other different territories, like on like a bunch of, uh, different house events or indie shows and all this stuff and then wrestled like a bunch of people and they came back and did something there which they didn't do but it looks like the same that essentially is what the whole Atlantic uh, title is because there's already been like uh, videos of Pac defending it in other territory, like in other wrestling shows and stuff where he's fighting like all sorts of different uh, people and stuff so, and uh, I'm intrigued with that. If they end up having them defend it everywhere, then that would be cool. <clears throat> so, the, all I know is that most of these matches were awesome, though. Like, definitely, I like this one, too. But, like, uh, my, the favorite, one that, huh? my favorite one was the next one. Oh, what, the Sting and Darby Allen one? Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> more and so, more. And more, it was more uh, El Fantasmo. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Wait, him a lot. Surprised, uh, it surprised me because I had never seen him before. So, yeah, that's mostly why I was just surprised with the whole thing. I was just like, what the hell? Because you know what to expect from the Young Bucks, but it was like when El Fantasmo was doing all the stuff he was doing, it was like, whoa. Yeah. It was, like, surprising at the time, like, because you were just, especially, I don't think I've really seen him wrestle anywhere. So, like, that's mostly why I was just like, ooh, I'm intrigued with him because I've heard things about him, but I didn't, like, know if he was, like, really good at, like, wrestling or, like, his style or whatever. But it seemed like he fully gelled with the Young Bucks in this match. Like, I was surprised, like, how well... <laughs> this match was then we talked about then we talked about we know Darby Allen's gonna do his shit, but Sting was doing it's like he's been wrestling with Darby too long. Yeah. Like, now, 
doing all this jumping off stuff. Yeah, like he jumped off the what's it what's it called the top of the Titan whatever they call over there. There there's a banister or whatever that they had over there, and they jumped off of it, or like right off of the start. Like they well, it yeah, seemed yeah, like it was... they did a version a different version of Sting's uh, music. And then he didn't show up, so I thought they were going to intro somebody else at first until he jumped on them. <laughs> well, yeah, they did the whole WCW where he was in the rafters thing kind of thing, and then he was on top of the... Sometimes. Yeah, oh, just... shit. Sorry. I don't know why it started playing something on the... I was moving the controller around, and all of a sudden the video came back on again. But... Uh... <laughs> But, um, yeah, I don't know, like, uh, the whole thing, and this, uh, I mean, it's hard to say, like, that the Young Bucks ever have a bad match. They always end up having, it seems like they always end up having good matches, good good to great matches. Sometimes with the Young Bucks, though, I get kind of tired of them, because they do the same thing a lot. Yeah. Like, they're, uh, I've mentioned the same thing years ago with uh, Dean Ambrose, or, John Moxley, when he was in WWE, was that he would do the same exact stuff in matches. Baron Corbin's another one that, like, you can watch his matches and they kind of almost go exactly the same way. And he does the same moves. And I feel like the Young Bucks kind of do that a little bit too. Difference was in this match, they were doing a lot of different stuff. Like, it was a lot more, I don't know how to explain it, but different move sets off the ropes and things like that but um for the most part it, they they all you know they were doing a lot of the same old same old stuff but, yeah especially i loved how like sting no sold a super unlike the double super kick party or yes. like the and but like it knocked him out when he got hit three times like <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The little things in these matches that just make it so funny too. But uh, yeah, so pretty good, uh, pretty good so far. And then, and then, of course, then Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. Know that I completely missed it. Obviously, it wasn't like anything too crazy. If they only gave them thirteen or no ten minutes, now, there wasn't much to the match. But I mean, I don't think there was really meant to be much to it. Because I think it was, you know, now we're seeing that they're they're a tag team called Thunderstorm. So, um, which is a pretty funny uh, name for a te- team name. I I agree, but you know, I would also think it'll be funny if that Juice was his name, Juice Robinson. Yeah, if he joined up with Orange Cassidy and they were called Orange Juice, that would be fucking. Funny. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> <laughs> just uh you know. i mean uh it works anyway like whenever uh Ju- juice robinson was with uh david finley they were a tag team for a good while before uh, juice robinson turned heel uh they named him finn juice so yeah. i mean yeah it just makes it uh it would make sense anyway so what was it called um for uh, what Oh, it was Orange Jericho, wasn't it? OJ? Yeah, it was Orange Jericho, yeah. So it was kind of the same thing, but it would be even better being actual orange juice. But who's, who knows if that had ever happened? But 
But yeah, that Thunder Rosa Tony Storm match was kind of the standard. Um, yeah, yeah, like the usual match. Yeah, it wasn't anything to write home about. But yeah, which I should have probably went back and rewatched it again. But I just the uh, time and everything else not and things easily slip your mind a lot of the time. But you didn't it, miss a lot. I mean, like I was saying, it was there wasn't much to it. Yeah. I, I do but know. the only thing I, is like for the next match I, I yeah. wish that I would have fully watched the whole thing because I think I missed a few minutes out of it or at least the beginning part of it. Well Will Osprey's a great wrestler though. Yes, he is Actually. awesome. And then Orange yeah. Cassidy could go when he's motivated to. Which well, I, that's and, one reason why I love his character that way though. He can, but he's also gotta be you know, he botches sometimes. And and that I've seen, and he kind of has to be pulled along, like kind of like MJF to me. I well, I like somebody's got to, like he's not a ring general, pretty much. What you mean? Yeah, I don't see that yet. I I see he can get there, but I think he's popular because of his character, not because of his wrestling. Um, oh yeah, Will Osprey is popular because he of his wrestling, though, because. You know, not only watching what happened on, you know, during this, but I think he wrestled. I don't remember when I saw him. He wrestled on Rampage or one of those two, and yeah, and I forgot who he fought. I think it was Trent. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Trent that he wrestled against because I mean they've like wrestled each other a few times in New Japan. But the plays to the crowd that he does, um, he did a lot of them in this match, like. Um, I'm talking about Will Osprey. Yeah, know. but yeah, he played to the crowd a lot. Like, and and I kind of like that in terms of. Yeah, work. that's why I think he's doing some of his best work right now in the United Empire set and stuff. Yeah, and was, it kind of makes sense too. Like, I was trying to figure out what the United Empire was, and pretty much essentially, it's like. Uh, the League of Nations. You remember yeah. when they did that with Miro like, and all them in there? It's essentially that. <laughs> and famous and all them. That's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, the funny thing is, is watching Will Ospreay, I, it reminds me how he was on the cruise. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so <I'm> like, <laughs> you're talking about yeah. a dude that likes to party, man. Oh, yeah. He was that like, was, yeah. he was drunk a few times on the boat that we were around him on. Like, yeah. not really, like, talking to him a whole lot, but it was funny at one time, like, during the karaoke thing, gone, man, doing one of the karaoke things, and then I see a bunch of wrestlers walk up, and then, of course, uh, during the karaoke thing, he's hosting it, so he's all like, you could tell he's, uh, he, he has had a few drinks in him. Because he was feeling good, you could tell. You uh, you could tell whenever somebody has, like you know, the pinkish hue or whatever, where it looks like they've just been drinking a little bit. Oh yeah, but yeah, but yeah like he, I mean, he's hilarious, and he was like super nice too, like super nice. He was just like yeah, blah blah blah, and chat and chatted up with us and stuff. And I think Danhausen was another dude that was like that too. So. Yeah, I really That's like funny. his heel work and stuff like that, and yeah. I definitely lo- love this match. I th- I think it ended the way that it should, but like, 
The only thing is with me, it's like, especially like knowing that this is after the Wardlow match that he just had, where he went uh, for the TNT belt. Like, uh, I wonder if they're just going to make him do all these really good matches and make him lose. Like, he's never going to get a belt or something. What, what I was saying, though, is that I think they're working up to something, but he's got to become more of a ring general. Because right now, and the problem is his character doesn't govern that he will ever be that. Yeah. Because he, you know, he plays off of what the other person's doing. That's the only problem I see with his gimmick is that it's funny and all, but he also, he always has to rely on the other person to do. Yeah. And, you know, I just don't know if it'll get him. Uh, to that upper echelon. I mean, he's popular as hell just with what he is, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. That's what I'm saying, yeah. I think if they do the right story, then it'll be, like, good. But the thing is, is if they ever write and do that story or just have him around, just have him around, you know? Yeah. But then, of course, we were talking about the Zack Sabre Jr. match with uh, the mystery opponent. And we were like, because uh, Johnny Organo was kind of teasing that he was going to be going to like Chicago or something on Twitter or something like that. And I thought that if they're going to do anybody, it should have probably been Cesaro anyway, just because the Blackpool Combat Club thing. Like Johnny Gargano doesn't seem like the type that would go out there and just destroy somebody. Like I think, <laughs> I think uh, Claudio can you know and that's why when he came out there and i mean i think the match was long for what it was and i think they just didn't want to like straight out do a squash a squash match with zach saber jr and that's why it went they did the the almost one and then they went an extra like yeah 18 minutes so they went and did that and then went for another 15 minutes it Which was I good, don't think they really needed yeah, to do that. But yeah, was, I was just gonna say it's a it was a good match, but it went way too long. Yeah, like uh, because I mean it had cool moments, and I liked how Zack Saber Jr. kept getting out of the great swing and, and teasing that the whole time, and like uh, I definitely liked Zack Saber Jr.'s uh, manipulation of the arms and legs and all that stuff, like how he could pretty much make you tap out everywhere. But the thing is, is I think he little he relies on that too much. I think that's the main problem with Zack Saber Jr. to me, is that he relies on his joint manipulation and all this stuff, rather than him being a great wrestler. Like I don't see like him do much of this stuff, like other than just what he's doing in this match. Like how it's just mostly joint manipulation. Hey, I could pull this finisher out of no, or like a submission out of nowhere, and this and that. But like, I've never watched a match where it's like, oh yeah, Zack Saber Jr. is fucking great. Like, I've never seen that. That's why, like, I really like this match. But I think that's what holds me back from being a huge Zack Saber Jr. fan is knowing that it seems like he relies too much on ground game a lot. And that's what throws me off of, like, really wanting to be like, yeah, he's fucking awesome. 
you know so like when i watched this one i was like okay we can end this now like all you need to do is just have like claudio just uh super upper cut him like a european upper cut him like fucking 20 times and then put him in the neutralizer and just be done with it <laughs> well and that's what i thought and what should have happened i mean this should have been the shortest match of the night i thought but mm-hmm. it, it ended up being one of the longest um but you know it is what it is it still was a good match though i mean it wasn't one of the worst matches I've seen. so there is that um that's what I'm saying. I think he should just came out and just beat the shit out of Zack Sabre Jr. and been done with it. <laughs> yeah. Favorite match of the night is in the next match, though. I mean, oh, you're, uh, oh, yeah. I really like this one, too. But it's mostly because all the guys that were in it, like Adam Cole and Adam Page, I know could do good to great matches all the time. Same with Okada. He's like one of the first guys to ever do a six-star match by Nave Meltzer even though that I don't agree to go by star ratings a lot of the time, because it's like, how fucking far do you... Okay, you have a max rating of five stars, right? You you have that, okay, and now you're exceeding that. Like, wh- how many st- other stars are going to keep going up to? Oh, 15 stars for this match. Just say that it was a great match. You don't need to fucking do all this... The, oh, six and a half stars, you know? Like, we're not the... What's it called? Star search up in this bitch. But Jay, Jay White's an awesome wrestler. I, 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 and that's what I'm saying. I like all these guys. Same with Okada. I've seen some great matches with Okada, too. And it makes sense why he was the ace of New Japan. Like, he's technically the ace of New Japan right now. Like, it, it used to be Tanahashi, which they I think they still like, call him the ace anyway. Like, part of his gimmick or whatever. I, but like Tanahashi's getting old. That's what it seems like to me. Well, yeah, he carried he carried New Japan for like he was pretty much doing John Cena's job like for a good like ten or fifteen years. So I mean, he's very much a legacy in New Japan. Pretty well, yeah, much, seem like that. Just and we'll talk about it because that'll be the next match. But yeah, but that's why I said oh. like it makes sense why Jay White. Oh, like you knew that Jay White was gonna win it. They ain't gonna because he just won it from Okada like the week prior or something. I think it was a week or a two, two weeks before this match. So you knew that he wasn't gonna lose. So yeah. I was just trying to enjoy the match for what it was. Yeah, and I, I love, love Jay White, man. And Jay White, ever since I saw him in Ring of Honor, like this was like when he was doing the Young Lion stuff and Ring of Honor and New Japan were doing stuff like where they weren't necessarily doing their own pay-per-views together, but they would have cross-promotion. So they would have like Adam Page in New Japan. They would have Adam Cole in New Japan and vice versa. They would have Okada like every once in a while and new japan and they had um what's it called jay white was one of the guys and he just wore white trunks back in the day so like this was even before he joined bullet club i think it was switchblade before he joined bullet club but i don't know for sure i'm just surprised wwe hasn't tried to snag him oh yeah i'm sure he they probably tried but they uh, they kind of signed uh jay white to a big deal or something i don't know for sure, but uh, I'm as sure when they're saying that he's like one of their first grand champions or whatever, where he has like pretty much every belt that they've done. 
I think I think that's what they were because I like it in his Titantron video. It shows like youngest ever, blah blah blah, like all the uh, different accolades that he got in his video, like video uh, for his Titantron, pretty much, or his entrance video. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, like all these four guys can go. So I knew this was going to be a great match anyway. But like, that's why I said like the other ones I really liked more. <laughs> but not saying that this wasn't a great match. They ended up doing uh, like, I just like how they built up like still more of the feud between him and Okada. But the only thing was I didn't like the finish. I think that's the only thing was bad well, about the, the match. It was kind of botched because of Adam Cole. Yeah. I well, mean, that's what I'm saying. It looked like he got injured or something in the m- moment of it. And then you couldn't really tell because he was down for a while. And then uh, Jay hit Okada with the switchblade or Blade Runner. Sorry. That was the name of his finisher. And then he like pinned Adam Cole. So... I was just like, okay, that felt like weird because knowing that Adam Cole didn't even try to kick out because he was sitting on the floor for a good long while. Well, yeah, he was concussed, I think. As well. Yeah, that, I'm guessing that's probably what it was. Well, he for... was supposed to get up or something and he was supposed to take the pin, but then something happened. So, like, Jay just still took the pin and like gave him the uh, like pinned him anyway you know even though there's something didn't work out uh, and i think that's yeah. what threw off the match but uh, i mean i believe both of them are out him and daniel bryan are both out for due to concussion stuff mm. well i mean hopefully they and they get back eventually like better off than anything else like instead of them having to get concussions a lot of the time because concussions suck man uh, like, sure. uh, all the time but because like daniel bryan i mean he's had a lot of them already yeah so uh what's it going yeah I'm, that's the main thing that i worry about is like some of the guys that end up especially when you hear about the cte calling, stuff and all I, that I keep calling him Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan. It's Brian Daniel. I know. Well, well, I mean, we were so used to like him being Daniel Bryan in WWE. I think that's mostly what throws us off. It's like we're uh, because I I don't think I've ever seen him in Ring of Honor when it was Brian Danielson, like his actual name. So it always throws me off every time. <laughs> but yeah, like that's why I say like I don't know. Uh, like I could see why this match was the main event, but like. Uh, I honestly think that the New Japan one, uh, one should have been the main event, just because John Moxley versus Tanahashi was cool, and I like I definitely you know, like because I know we were talking about like how John Moxley blades a lot now, and uh, I was like, yeah, but he likes hardcore death matches and all that stuff. So I mean, well, like if he wants to tell a story for it, then wasn't even that. And he bladed for this one and got blood all over the place. Yeah. That's mostly why I thought it was weird. I thought it was just going to be a regular match and it turned into a hardcore match. And they didn't really, I don't know. I hate it when they do that where they don't tell it like it's no disqualification or any of that. And then they do this stuff where they lead into, into it. You know, it just it seems weird. Yeah, I didn't care for this match that much. 
Yeah, like I thought it, I, a, I thought it was good, but it wasn't like, like said, great or anything. That you could tell Tanahashi's older. Yeah, and like the main thing is too, like I, I think that they should have, if they had any bowls, if Tony Khan had any bowls, he would have given the title to, to Tanahashi, <laughs> and then and then had him lose it against uh, CM Punk when he came back. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's neither here nor there. I mean, that's the decision that Tony did. So I mean, the CM Punk it all out, which may have been the plan all along. Oh, like John Moxley versus CM Punk then. Just saying that might have been the plan. To yeah, I mean, like it could have been. I mean, they and they favor John Moxley kind of high in AEW anyway. So I kind of don't understand that that much. Well, especially you now that they got other guys like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, or well, Bryan Danielson, and all these other guys now, like well, we they were, don't really need to like focus on them as much. But well, I mean, well, we were talking about it. Uh, the, what Jim Cornette said, I yeah. agree with what he said because I don't feel that. I feel like when he's not in a hardcore match, his bland, his his matches are kind of well. Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely think his matches are better than when he was in WWE, though. But I mean, the ring, I'd be pissed if I was a fan. Oh, what? Just throw. I remember beforehand, and he still kind of does it every once in a while. He'll throw. He'll like be drinking a plastic bottle of water, and he'll chuck that thing. Oh yeah, into the stands and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be pissed if I was somebody sitting there and they got hit with a fucking bottle of water because of a stupid ass. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, and that's the main thing that I don't like about concerts. I mean, even if it gets like too hot there, like if you're around so many people and they don't have the AC on or some shit, or it's just hot, period. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're at a festival or something. Yeah, I mean, like I don't really care for people throwing water on me. Just toss me a water bottle. You know, I'll be fine that way. <laughs> uh, somebody though, he's tossing it just into the stands. Oh yeah, but I mean, same I said that he was... shit. I said that shit about the same thing about the uh, Brock Lesnar ripping the door off the hinges. Oh yeah, and then flinging it at a fan. I was like, it's... "What are you doing?" Moxley did that with a chair one time a few months ago. Maybe it may have been a year ago, but he did the same thing. Yeah. Little chair, he, he flung it. <laughs> and anyway, I, I'm i just not a huge fan of Moxley right now. I think they could have put the title on somebody else. I, they, they could have had Moxley completely not in that match period yeah i i agree too i don't think he and like if they would have done something different like especially well, I, if I, somebody's injured you could have introduced well, a totally different person well, Kyle o'reilly got hurt after the moxley match i think too but i mean they could have had shit they could have had anybody other than like it would have been cool if kyle would have been like they could have told a story like if kyle would have won and he mm-hmm. won the interim belt. That would have uh, focused on him and Adam Cole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's... he would have been like, "I beat it to uh, beat to the championship first, you know, 
But, but I I'm, mean, that's what I'm saying. This is just us like spitballing a lot of the time or like talking about the choices that they make and stuff like that. I'm intrigued with the uh, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho match. Hopefully they don't fuck it up like they did the other one where they fucked it up with the exploding barbed wire death match. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they do learn their lesson off of the other one if they're going to do that one. Hopefully they learn their lesson and they ain't going to fuck it up. That's all I know for sure. So, anyway, like, that's uh, and that's Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door was good. to uh, A good pay-per-view. I wouldn't say that it's my favorite. It wasn't. Especially out of my AEW pay-per-views. I wouldn't say that, like, there's other AEW pay-per-views that were better. But, I mean, it was still good, and it's leaps and bounds better than most of the WWE pay-per-views. Like, this one, you know, that we're going to talk about Money in the Bank now. And, of course, I think, I don't know if I would say that this is probably my favorite. It probably was my favorite out of, like, all the matches. Thinking about it was the Women's Money in the Bank match where Liv won. Finally, I was hoping that Liv Morgan was going to win the uh, the well, Money in the Bank briefcase. The biggest thing I could say about this match, and and we could talk about it too, but Shotzi got a lot of shit because of a lot of the botches that she was doing in this match. But I mentioned during while we were watching this, the and only everyone one fucking up was not botching in this match was Liv Morgan. Everybody else was botching. Like crazy. I don't know if I had ever seen. Um, but the, yeah, that... like Shotzi, like, okay, you got to think about, like, the main thing that people bought, uh, said that Shotzi botched was the ladder spot when she was walking up the ladder and she slipped and, like, almost busted her face. And, uh, and so, so much, like, so, uh, she got so much hate that eventually she uh, closed down her Twitter off of it it's like dude like can't you guys leave these people alone it's not like you you know that people want to be perfect especially when you be in a wrestling match you want to be perfect you don't want people to nitpick everything that you do wrong well the funny thing is is i always say this because you know when i sit in a like watch a basketball game right in the stands and there's these fuckers talking about the refs and about the basketball players and all this shit. And I'm like, well, guess what, dude? You paid to sit here and watch this. They're actually doing the stuff down there. So who's the better person? Oh, and that's like how people are bitching, like how, how they're like, the ref ain't doing shit. Or like, yeah. or yeah. that's traveling, you ref, blah, blah, blah. Or you suck, LeBron James, or whatever. It's like, well, he's the one making $40 million a year. You actually... Yeah to watch him play so i'm like you know know, from that standpoint i'm kind of comparing it to this with the shotzi thing these people talk a lot of shit but if they got in the ring they wouldn't do better than she does yeah i know exactly that's that's the main thing for me is like i wouldn't mind learning like especially when we got in that ring it was like oh man i wish uh like just takes a lot of money and especially a, a lot of money. They like charge you like two grand most of the places that I looked into doing it. And it's a lot of money to do wrestling. Especially you don't start off making a lot of money for a while too. So it's like a side hustle for a long time. But 
still, but point. but still, Shanti, I don't think that she's been wrestling for a super amount of time, like probably like a few years, because I know she was in Evolve and people liked her in Evolve, but like I don't think she's wrestled for long. But do you think you guys need to fucking shit on her like that bad? Well, she because it wasn't just her wrestling that long. She's only thirty years old. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think she's been wrestling like twenty years like, or some shit. Looks like eight years. She was in Tough Enough in 2015. Yeah, so that's when she first started out. So like, you're five years. I mean, depends on if she took a rest period and all this shit, whatever. Like, whatever is going on for it. But like, that's what I'm saying. I really like Shotzi. I don't think she should have been a heel. Her real I, I think she plays a better face than she does a heel. Her real name is Ashley Louise Urbanski. Nice last name. <laughs> so her Urbanski. one of her ring names was Joey Ryan's penis. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> that is pretty funny though. <laughs> Missy High as shit. (laughs) (laughs) I like her sense of humor, man. If she was the one who made up this shit, that's pretty funny. The cat was oh shit. But yeah, Missy High as shit. She was a cheerleader valet for the Hood Slam Stable. Stoner, you and that is pretty funny, Mrs. High as shit. I mean, that's like a play on Missy Hyatt, but still, that is fucking hilarious. God, that makes me like this chick even more. <laughs> but uh, I mean, like that's why I say, like if people back, were, uh, huh? Everybody botched in this match except. For well, the- that's what I'm saying. Like Becky Lynch almost missed Oscar oh, on the ladder spot. But I, but the other thing I mentioned too was Raquel Rodriguez, or I don't know why it changed from Gonzalez to Rodriguez. But, yeah, I thought uh, the same thing too. I was like, why did they what? And then they changed her finisher name because they said that it was similar to a slur, but it's not similar enough to, like, I was just like, okay, whatever. And then Lacey Evans was booed out the stands at one point, but I I thought that they were only booing her because they didn't want her to win. So it wasn't so much like uh, they were booing her because she sucked or whatever. But I guess what I, was I thought it was because they didn't want her to win the but, match. But I guess what I was getting at with Raquel Rodriguez is the fact that they tout her as this strong chick, and she can barely lift the lightest ones up in the division. Yeah, like she struggles to lift Alexa Bliss up, and Alexa Bliss probably weighs ninety pounds. Oh yeah, and then she did this weird ladder spot too, where she put her legs in between the ladder. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like. Okay, obviously, that's why. And that's why when we were watching it, like I was talking about, that it looked like whoever, like if they rehearsed it, they didn't have much time to rehearse it. Like they just talked about it in the back or something, rather than they got into the ring and then were like, "Yeah, do this move and do this move," because I know that sometimes they build it like that. Like they'll have you wrestle it in or go. Uh, play by play in the ring sometimes I don't think that it's like all the time but like I think some of the times they do that but um 
Yeah, it's like everybody botched, but I still like the like what they did throughout the match. That oh, no, especially I, I too. That's what I was saying. It's funny like, with all the botches. Yeah, like we enjoyed it the most. Yeah. Or well, at least I did. But like, oh, uh, I, I would say it was. There wasn't a lot to this paper. I mean, pretty yeah, much. most of the matches were just like kind of like. I don't know. They were okay. there. Like, okay, so repeats or, or uh, just I don't know why they were done. Yeah, it's like Bobby Lashley versus Theory. You knew that Bobby Lashley should have won the title. Well, but you knew, and I'm and I'm spoiling. But if people are listening, they probably already watch this pay per view. But with what happened in this match, you knew what was going to happen in the last one. Yeah, especially knowing that I was kind of because we watched this late, later in the night. So I think it already played before we started watching it. So I was already kind of spoiled before we even watched it because I saw like who won already. And this was on Facebook. And most times Facebook doesn't spoil shit. It's usually always like Twitter or something that always spoils it for me because they do it as it happens on there. But then I saw some of the uh, some of the, who won and who lost and this and that, and like one of the ones that I saw was off of this match where Theory, I I thought that the, like for some reason he put in a lot more offense than fucking almost did when Bobby Lashley went against almost. Well, yeah, they're like put- what the fuck they were beating. Put- he was beating the shit out of Bobby Lashley throughout this match. They're pushing theory for some reason. I, yeah. I, I I struggle with understanding why, because this was a guy that the first time he was brought up was sent back down. Yeah. Because he wasn't, and now all of a sudden he comes back up and he's being pushed like crazy. And I'm like, I don't understand it. And then he's pretty much doing a Tyler Breeze ripoff thing. Yep. That's the only difference was that Tyler Breeze played as a model, but then he just comes out and does selfies with people, especially after he beats them and stuff. And I don't care for his. I mean, it seems like to me, he kind of got Xbox heat with me. (laughs) Like, he just like feels like a douchebag (laughs) to me. Oh, yeah. He's probably super nice, like in person. You never know, but like. He's probably like way nicer or something, but like he just pulls off this douchebag energy. Like whenever he's wrestling with people, and I'm like, I don't see why he won. Because I I was talking about like how like the money in the bank match, I was like, they should have lesser guys in there, they shouldn't have like guys like Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins and shit, unless they're building a story doing the match in this thing because it's like uh, I used to love these matches when it was like you knew that if they did have people like Kane and stuff like that in there you knew that they weren't going to win like they would have like Chris Jericho or like Kane or Shelton Benjamin or something and I always liked when Shelton Benjamin was in the matches because he, he would always do like some sort of spot that you would remember, like, the next time. Like, I still remember one of the other WrestleManias that had the opening match with, I think it was when John Morrison, it was, like, right before John Morrison left, where 
Shelton Benjamin did the ladder spot where he would climb up on the ladder and jump and did a senton on all the guys. So it's like those moments that I could understand, but like when half of the guys are already world champions and shit, it's like, why the fuck are they going to get, and to get the money in the bank briefcase when they should be able to legitimately go against Roman Reigns at any time? Especially when you're a good guy, like where, like, kind of like Drew McIntyre, where he wouldn't just sit there and be like, hey, I'm going to pick off your bones. Like, you're going to get hurt. I'm going to walk out there because he doesn't seem like a guy that would just like cash in and just go in there when he's weak and look like he would just like wait and be like, Hey, on Monday, I'm going to cash in. I'm going to beat you. Right. So it seems like no point in him being in it. This is just me talking about while, while we were talking about everything else, but with Bobby Lashley's shit and theory, but like theory, I don't see as like a competent enough person to like, or at least a good enough person to do that stuff. Oh no, I don't either. And I think they're leaning towards, and this is just the way they're leaning towards this is he's going to take the title at SummerSlam. But because this whole match with Roman and Lesnar's a last man standing match. Yeah. So it's going to be one where they're both going to get the shit kicked out of him. So either he's going to cash in and lose, which I would love to see that. What, Roman beating him or no, Lesnar no, beating or, him? Or No, I I would much rather see, and, and I don't like Lesnar, but I, I'm tired of Roman having the titles. Yeah, so, especially when he's not on fucking TV, man. Yeah, you know, but in this case, I would really like Lesnar to take them and then Theory to cash in and get his ass whooped. That's what I really... Oh, do. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Yep. I um, agree. So, yeah. And then, of course, the the next match while we're talking about it, or segueing, is Bianca Belair versus Carmella. Everybody knew that Carmella was going to lose. This so, a, it went way longer than I thought it was going to. But this was just filler. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, and it looks like they're going to do another match at SummerSlam or some shit between them both, too, because they kind of, like, at the end, she kind of like, ooh, I got one up on you again. Which so, is just stupid because of yeah. So, again, somebody that hasn't even done anything to get a title shot besides come out and say, I want I one. want one. <laughs> Gets one and gets more than one. What has Carmella done? Yeah. It's like what she did the tag team title matches and lost at WrestleMania hasn't really done anything since. Yeah. That's the problem with the whole thing too. It's like that's what you just like I'm just tired of seeing title shot. It's like what? Yeah. When you like all you need to do is just beat them into a non title match or some shit. Or get a one a number one contender match. I mean, you or got something. All, but you have all these other freaking wrestlers that wrestle all the time or don't wrestle at all, and then you don't ever see them. I mean, it's like what the shit. I mean, you got Shayna Baszler on your freaking uh, yeah roster, and I don't even. Why the fuck is she not being wrestling against fucking Bianca? 
Yeah, I don't like understand. what the fuck, man. I don't somebody understand. that could legit take the title off of Bianca is Shayna, and yeah. they don't have. They don't. It's like Vince doesn't like like certain people, and then he just buries them. It's just well, maddening. Thing, I mean, right now we've got a roster of fifty, and you use ten of them. Yeah. What the hell's the point of that? To just have people in case somebody gets hurt. Yes. Yeah. I don't get that at all. It's, but then you'll have a Carmella show up and just, oh, I, I want a title match. I deserve one. What? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I haven't had one in a while, so come on. That's why, that's, and then it seemed like that's what happened with Natalia, too. But that, that'll be like in a minute. Uh, but anyway, the, the hands down, the only match that I'm just so tired of seeing the Usos wrestle in yeah, and, and have both titles is them against the Street Profits, and they literally do the same fucking shit in every damn match. And it was almost the longest match of the premium live event. Yeah. And this is one I did not need to see again. We literally see these freaking re- uh, these on Raw almost every week. Yeah, I just, and then they built it up where Street Profits have like a legitimate thing, and it, it looks like that they're doing a special referee at SummerSlam for this match, and it's Jeff Jarrett. It was just that they were just I just saw that that they just said that it was Jeff Jarrett. I was like, why the fuck would Jeff Jarrett be the special guest referee? Yeah, that you, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to- you don't introduce. You don't even have Adam per- Pierce do it or something. Being tired of the USO shit, you well, know, like. But then they introduce Jeff Jarrett. Today's Friday, right? I guess I'll have to watch SmackDown to see. Yeah, I only just saw it. Like, so I don't know exactly what. Like, yeah, and well, uh, people on Twitter were kind of like, "Why in the fuck is Jeff Jarrett doing?" So? <laughs> well, like you know. It would be nice to see if there was a reason. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know so much. I, I, all I know is that they were like, "Hey, he's the person." No, this is the same shit I was talking about, though. Like, they they literally will just say, "Oh, here's the special guest referee," and it's like, "What?" Yeah, but no, no reason for it. Nothing. Same thing with the title shots. They'll just come back and say, "I want one," and they'll okay. And it's like so. So I'm waiting. And we'll talk about it in a little bit or here shortly. I don't really want to talk too much about the USO match because we've talked about it enough. Yeah, because it's not anything different than what we see in every other type of match. And this ain't going against uh, the Street Profits either because we were talking about how uh, Montez Ford looks like a lot more swole now than he was before. And they're talking about possibly breaking them up. Like, you don't have to break them up. Be like the New Day, say that he wants to do a singles well, run or some shit. That's what I don't get either. I don't know why you have to break these guys up to do single runs. You yeah. can have them in a freaking tag team. I, 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 they need to get past that shit because they both could have single runs. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing stopping them from doing it. And, and if they do, they do. I mean, Montez Ford to me is one of the better wrestlers in WWE. Uh, I, athletically, I yeah. don't in somebody that that I don't know if it was I don't think it was during the it might have been during this match when he jumped over the turnbuckle. Oh yeah, 
I've seen him do it before, but I mean, like, it, not, it seems I, like it's kind of rare whenever he does do it. Though. it by about three feet, though, and he mm-hmm. jumped inside the ring over it on top of people, and that takes a lot of athletics. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. And Angelo Dawkins is a good like muscle for the ver- uh for the tag team and that's what i'm saying if they do do something they don't necessarily have to break them up yeah like but i mean they they just led into oh let's do another match it's like what the fuck do you not have anybody else that could go against the usos win oh yeah i forgot the viking raiders all you need to do is just have them go fucking mental and not be smiling. Hey, give me a turkey leg. What the fuck are you doing? Well, that, that, that ruining one of the best tag teams that was in Ring of Honor because all they did were act like Vikings and just destroy people. That's all they did in Ring of Honor. What well, do you do? Hey, I'm gonna have them smile and here's a turkey leg. What's well, the same thing with Authors of Pain, right? Yeah, I mean, they ruined they, them too. They, they obviously that that's the kind of path they were going down. Braun Strowman, same thing. They literally had these guys that were legitimate monsters that could destroy anything. And what do they do? They put the freaking thing on Roman. Yeah, instead of Braun, who's six foot nine, weighs three hundred and fifty pounds, that could wreck Roman Reigns. Don't care. At this point, even today, if they wrestled, he could wreck him. Because that's one dude I have never seen somebody pick up somebody so easily. Yeah. In the ring as Braun Strowman or Adam Shear, whatever you want to call him now. But Yeah, it looks like they're getting ready to start touring and stuff. Yeah, the ease of use upon which he could pick some people up tells you how strong he was. Roman Reigns struggles to pick guys up. Yeah, so, like you tried to pick up Undertaker and and like he almost dropped him on his head and shit. So but that's what but that's what I'm saying is like uh, it just gets annoying seeing this shit. And it seems like the only reason why Braun Strowman won the title when he did was because Roman was not working. Well, it's the same thing with Drew McIntyre. That's why yeah. I was if if Roman or Brock was injured, that's the only reason they don't have the title. And I feel that's the same thing with Charlotte. I think Charlotte would still have it if she didn't go on a freaking break. To get oh, and perfect segue, now that we're talking about it, right? So, okay, so now Ronda Rousey versus uh, Natalia, right? And yeah. this is a pretty good match. I, I mean, I do think that Ronda Rousey does good wrestling. Well, yeah, same with Natalia. Natalia. Natalia fucking sucks as a talker. Yeah. Like, I mean, she does do some good stuff. Like, I thought it was funny with her doing the Ronda Rousey thing and saying, like, oh, like, you're fucking having my tits out or talking about going home with my kids and shit. And I thought that was legit funny. Uh, But you already knew that Ronda wasn't going to lose. But then she always <laughs> comes off as fake. Yeah. Who? who Natalia? She talks. And then Ronda oh. can't cut promos either. She's getting better, but she still sucks at talking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's mostly because she never had to talk when she was in the UFC. So, and, like, and I think one of the biggest issues they have is making her a face. Mm-hmm. I think she should be a straight up heel because that's what she was even in UFC. She wasn't liked. And yeah, 
I think her her character would come off so much better if she was a bad guy. Because she could do that shit on Twitter that she did when she was Oh uh, yeah, when WWE. she was bashing WWE yeah. like when she got done or was she yeah. uh, she was about to be done with her contract. Wouldn't even go against her character. Now she can't do any of that stuff because because it yeah. was right. And and uh and the like, but you know but yeah, I didn't expect Natalia to win. I anytime Natalia's in a match, I expect her to lose. That's, yeah, especially now. It seems like she's Dolph Ziggler's role. Yeah, I mean that's, where where Dolph Ziggler, Ziggler seemed like the only thing that he was good for was building up talent, or at least that's what WWE took him as. So like every time, like Shinsuke and a bunch of other dudes always work against Dolph Ziggler because he would make him look good every time. But that's kind of like what Natalia does. And that's why I was like, and this was just building up to what happens after she uh, she loses. Ronda Rousey's like dealing with her, a hurt leg. So Liv Morgan comes out and cashes in. And like, it seems like every single time the one that they do at that night their pay-per-views if somebody gets uh sent out or whatever like uh or whenever somebody cashes in that night lately it's been females oh yeah like alexa bliss did it on the first night then Liv morgan did it on the first night i'm trying to remember who did it oh yeah like uh, oscar did it the night the next night but like most of them Oh yeah, Nikki A and Sage even did it that night, or did it on Raw the next night. Yeah, when she beat but, Charlotte for it, I think. Yeah, the females don't take very long. Yeah, and like, uh, uh, but like, I loved how Liv won it. But instantly, as soon as I thought it, I was like, "Oh shit!" That means as soon as Liv Morgan or Lee Charlotte comes back, she's losing the title to her, and then she ain't even gonna get a whiff of it ever since then and like that's like the consistent and consistent uh, consist um, man i can't even say it consensus. like consensus from everyone like that i've heard that has talked about it is that they were saying that that's initially what it's gonna be is that charlotte's gonna come back and beat her for it and it's a crock of shit and it's crock of shit because she shouldn't just fucking win a damn belt as soon as she comes back she will lose it and then and then, like, there was an interview where she was talking about, oh, I don't body shame people and this and that, like, whenever I'm in the ring. I'm like, bitch, didn't you talk about fucking Paige's brother and shit? <laughs> like, like fucking, well, are you serious right now? <laughs> you shouldn't even get a title shot when she gets back. Well, that's what I'm saying. You should at least get into a, a couple of matches beforehand, and especially with her fucking career right now. Does yeah. she really need to even be well, doing feuds where it's outside of the championship? What the fuck? The shit up. I mean, I'm tired. I was just talking about it a few minutes ago. Was that I'm tired of this crap where somebody comes back and then they get a title shot. I mentioned the same thing about Goldberg before. It's like Goldberg just shows up and then he wants to freaking face the champ. It's like, wait yeah. a minute. You're 50 years old and you don't wrestle anymore. What makes you think you get a title shot just because you show up tonight? Yeah, and it's like the same thing goes for the last one, the men's money in the bank one, right? So, like, they didn't reveal that there was, like, the eighth man, 
the whole time. I thought that they did, but like, turns out that they didn't even reveal who the eighth man was, right? Theory is the bad guy. Probably gets on the nerves of Adam Pierce the whole time. So, what would you think that he would do as the decision? Everybody comes out, like, goes to use it, then they act like it's a huge surprise. Oh, we're gonna be like Vegas and add one more. Blah, or nothing. Blah, blah. And then who comes out theory? You literally could have had anyone else come out, but at least it wasn't a Goldberg thing where he came out the last five minutes of the uh, of the match and then go up there and grab the title. But it at reminds me Lesner when Lesnar lost the title. And won the that's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like when he went and got the Money in the Bank briefcase when. Uh, because earlier in the night, it was literally the same thing. It was copy and pasted. The only difference was, was that Goldberg showed up in the, or not Goldberg, but Brock Lesnar showed up in the last five minutes of the pay-per-view. And all he's looking stupid, holding the briefcase in his hand, just staring at Lesnar, right? Yeah, I mean, but it was basically the same exact thing. Yeah. Is that he lost early? He lost his title earlier in the night, and then he ended up getting into the Money in the Bank match at the end. And again, you know that's fine and dandy, but for him to win the damn thing, it's like, come on. That's mostly why I thought that. Okay, it's one thing. Like I would have much rather seen Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's been working his ass off for a while. Riddle, Seth Rollins. Oh, literally, like, shit, even Madcap Moss at this moment. Oh, I get it, but this one seemed like it was just thrown together to put another match on with for the money in the bank. And yeah. There was no, like, setup for all of this. It's like, oh, we got in, and this is who got in. It's like, well, really? Well, yeah, like, that's what you guys yeah. thought was the best match to put on. Like, honestly, with everything else that should have, okay, realistically, you know, and then I was talking about, like, Liv Morgan, right? Like, how I was like, okay, the way that they've been setting it up, like, the whole time, like, even the championship matches she had between Becky Lynch and her, like, I liked how during that match, I didn't even mention it before, how Becky Lynch was the one that she pushed off to win the damn briefcase, right? So it was kind of like, haha, I, I beat you to it type of thing, which harkened back to their title match, right? So realistically, you would think that they would have put the belt on Riddle, or at least the briefcase on Riddle, because he lost the match to Roman Reigns, right? And then they were like, you can't ever char- uh, go against me for the title again. Yeah, but WWE which is bullshit. To be that smart right now. But that's what I'm saying. That, like realistically, that should have been what what happened. Is that Riddle should have won it because people would have exploded if Riddle won. <laughs> yeah, they didn't explode. Like, sure he did. Yeah, I know. Everybody was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" And I didn't. I and mean, then wasted uh, yeah. 25 minutes. I mean, honestly. Yeah. And that's why I say, like, that's one thing that, like, I mean, it wasn't a bad pay-per-view, but it wasn't necessarily great either. No, it started great and ended bad. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's the main thing is, like, so. And a lot of WWE <sighs> pay-per-views do that. Yeah. It, it seems like they great. always do good on the opening yeah. matches and then fucking dribble in the middle. Sucks. 
and then and then they do something at the end where it just fucks up something like every time it's always like one thing where it's like the end of the pay-per-view is just sucks because they go to the same cookie cutter bullshit that they always go to so the next one we're going to talk about is what SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, I would assume because I think that's in like uh, day, uh, two weeks from now. I think, I think it's on the thirtieth, right? Believe so. Yeah, yeah. Which is surprising. I would have, uh, I would have thought that they would have been in, in August because this one just was at the second of July. So hopefully, we'll uh, be more timely with that podcast. Yeah. Like, like I was saying, like, if any, uh, everybody's made it to the end, I was just really couldn't even fucking talk the whole time. So, like, <laughs> I was just like, uh, oh, might as well do them both at the same time. So, and it does, yeah. but Jeremy works and he's in a, oh, couch. yeah. Everybody's getting um, busy and stuff like that, trying to fit stuff in and all that stuff. So, uh, so I guess for all that being said, uh, thank you for uh, joining us on this podcast. I know it's a long one. I think this is like the first one where we're talking for at least over an hour and a half, it's, I think, or something like that. Well, we're at 70 some odd minutes right now, which is, yeah. which is one of our longer ones. But um, yeah, at the same time, we also talked about two different events. Yep, two different pay-per-views. But I mean, if we're going to tally them up i would say forbidden door was definitely better than money in the bank but like oh yeah money in the bank used to be my favorite like one of my favorite pay-per-views but now it's like ever since they've been adding especially with the men's match it's like why the fuck is randy orton in a damn money in the bank match motherfucker doesn't need to be in a one okay just put somebody else in there Literally, they could have put Shinsuke back in there instead of like some of these other guys. At least they give you mystique about who's gonna win. Like, yeah. what the fuck, man? Well, that's what I said. Shinsuke wasn't in it, but you got Madcap Moss. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It's like at least, like, if you had other guys where they weren't world champions, I definitely think that they should hardcore pass on shit where they've already been previous world champions. They shouldn't, or at least if they've never won in the Money in the Bank before or something like that. But like, mainly, just don't even be in the match if you've already won the main title, unless it's like to build a story. Yeah, you know. Like, other than that, you don't, especially if you're, like, a two- or three-time champion or, like, how Randy Orton was in one of them and he actually won one and he was, like, a 12- or a 13th-time champion. It's like, what the fuck are you even in there? You don't even need it. Yeah. But that's that's the main thing out of it. So uh, we will talk to you guys, like, whenever, a couple of weeks or whatever for SummerSlam. So... For everybody at the Heart of Geek, we will talk to you guys at the next podcast. Yeah, and for anybody listening that hasn't, by the time this comes out, hopefully in the next couple of days, our website will be updated, so it'll be um, way more user-friendly. Hopefully, I'm waiting for domain changes to happen, but once that happens, uh, our new redesigned website will be out there for everybody to enjoy. Oh, yeah, and all of our other stuff is on there, too. I I forgot to mention that. I, I'm like, uh, I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. But, yeah, all the extra podcasts and all that stuff. And we're going to start doing, like, different reviews and stuff like that that we can't, like, 
cover in a podcast or whatever, or in a YouTube video or whatever. I do a, start doing a little bit more than we're doing currently. Um, yeah. Reviewing more albums that we may not make a video for. Um, we're even talking about doing reviews for true crime stuff that we don't do a podcast on. So, mm. and maybe even movies and stuff like that. But my, yeah, I'm going to try to do stuff for anime or something too. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure stuff out. But anyway, yes. for, for, for all of us, we'll, we hope you guys check out the website and you like this, the content that you'll see on there because we're going to be pushing a lot of stuff out um, here in the near future. Yep. So everybody at the Heart of Geek, we will talk to you guys in the next podcast. Peace out. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, you can check out all of our social media accounts, which is The Heart of Geek, and our Twitch channel is Heart of Geek. If you guys wanted to leave any comments or questions uh, relate towards our Facebook page, Instagram, or anything else that you could possibly leave a comment and recommend us anything else to do in the meantime. And for all of that, thank you for enjoying wrestling with the Willies.